Good afternoon, everyone. I just want to say congratulations to all the Green Bay Parkers. I see you are happy today, but don't get used to that. As we come to wife today, I remembered a few months back before the COVID came, I was in a grade school, and I was teach, trying to teach the kids uh, that there are some things in life that money cannot buy. So then I asked them, name some of the things that you cannot buy with money. Of course, my point was very clear. I, my, I was driving them to tell me about love, because you cannot buy love. So then uh, they've been naming things, and finally one of them says, money, I say, excellent. Money cannot buy love, that's very true. Then I asked them, how many of you will allow me to give you a hundred dollars to stop loving your parents? So of course, there was this silence in the class. Then finally, a voice came and said, Father Martin, how much will you give me to stop loving my sister? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, as human beings, sometimes we are pushed to the edge. But what makes the difference between we and others is that the love of God that dwells within us is what makes the difference. The first reading today from the book of Exodus, we've heard it comes from that social construct. Now, if you remember very well, the, youth, the Hebrews, because you know they're called Hebrews if they're in slavery. Whenever the Jews were in slavery, they're referred to as the Hebrews. So the moment they're out of slavery, they're no longer Hebrews, we call them the Israelites. So the Israelites are in on Mount Sinai, they're in this desert. And God is trying to make a community out of them. God has saved them from Egypt. Now they're in the desert. He's trying to enter into a covenant with them. And this covenant means they're going to be God's people and God will be their God. So God is setting a community apart with a goal in mind that this community, these people, will be the light to other nations. So in the process of that, if you open your Bibles, you go to chapter 19 and 24, it's all about the social constructs. Tell them what to do and not what to do. It's teaching them. It's giving them a moral code. And what we've heard today is telling them how to treat widows, orphans, and the poor. He's telling them, you know, if you persecute an alien, a widow, or an orphan, and they cry to me, I will respond. He said, because you yourself, you know what it means to be an alien. You know what it means to be an orphan. He says, what I'm telling you is all new. I don't want you to be like those people in Egypt where you've been. You're going to be different. And in telling them that, they never listened, of course, we know. He's telling them, if you do these things, you'll go back to exile. I'll punish you and go back to exile. And eventually, they didn't listen, had to go back to exile again. But having that in mind as a background, today we come on our, in our gospel. And the Pharisees are asking Jesus, okay, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? So, of course, if you take a step back, Jesus had had an 
an argument, to call it a conversation with the Sadducees, because they want to prove to Jesus there is no resurrection. So they came up with that crazy story of one woman marrying seven brothers, and they all died. And they're asking him, okay, who will marry this woman in the resurrection? But then the Pharisees are asking Jesus, give us the greatest commandment. Give us one summer of the, the commandments. Now let us remember when we go back to the Bible, Moses gave them 613 laws. 613. David summarized them to 11. Isaiah brought them to 6. And Prophet Micah brought them to 3. Love justice, show mercy, and walk humbly with God. Brought them to 3. So when they're asking Jesus, give us one commandment, Jesus doesn't give them one. He gives us two. The first one he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Is reciting the Shema. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. He says, and the second one. He doesn't give them one, but two. Because the first one gives us the basis for the second one. You shall love your neighbors as you love yourselves. And the second one gives us the imperative from the first. So he's telling us these two laws cannot be separated. You cannot say, I'm going to love God alone, or I'm going to love my neighbor alone. They go together. So he's teaching us today in this commandment, what is important is ask yourself, who are you? So if you ask yourself, who are you? Who am I? You know that you are a child of God. Second question is going to be, why did God make you? Why are you here? What's your purpose in life? So if you identify the purpose in life, that is telling you, once you set out to find your purpose in life, to execute your plan of your life, you cannot compromise those two commandments because they're two experts bound together. You cannot separate them. He's telling us you cannot violate these two commandments, loving God and loving neighbor. So as Christians, it's very easy for us to say, oh yeah, we love our neighbors, that's true. But the reason why God gives us neighbors is to teach us how to love him. Especially when you have someone whom we don't like so much, that coworker who's always annoying, Every time you try to avoid him, but you run into him, God is telling you, don't keep running. I'm going to keep bringing him in your face. Fix it. So in the world we live in today, the world is hurting. The world is in pain. Whenever turn on the news, people are afraid. But as Christians, God is telling us that we cannot face the world with fear, but with love. That's why if we have two commandments, loving God with all our heart and loving our neighbor, it's the basis of who we are. That's why every Sunday or during the weekends, we come to worship as a community. God wants us to worship him as a community. And after worshiping God, we go out into the world to be the light. We don't spend the whole day in church praying, no, because God wants us to worship him. After worshiping him, he blesses us, then we go out to be the light of the world. And by doing so, we accomplish the will of God for our lives. 
So as we come to worship him today, the question is, where is God sending you this week? Who is that person who is very annoying you've been avoiding? Who is the vulnerable, the poor, your neighborhood? Maybe you don't even see them. You ignore them. God is telling us, go and see them. Go and meet them. Because if I can't find God in my fellow human beings, I won't be able to find him in the Eucharist. He says, go and see me, because in him, in her, they have my image, which I kindled on them. Let us pray tonight, asking God for the graces for us to begin seeing as God sees, to give, give us the courage to change the things we can change, and those we cannot change, ask to accept them, and so to grow as God wants us to be. The Lord be with you.